Today is Monday, September the 12th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I break down everything that happened in Fayetteville on Saturday afternoon as the Gamecocks dropped their SEC opener to the Arkansas Razorbacks by a final score of 44 to 30. Guys, I'll give you my full breakdown. Also, my biggest takeaway from Saturday, we'll hand out TSUS Game Balls, talk slap dick of the weekend, and we'll hand out the weekly Cock Command award as well also news and notes to get into including some injury updates and opening line for south Carolina, georgia also we've got your listener questions your voicemails we have got a packed show for you here on this monday and of course as always it's brought to you by our friends over at red fox roofing guys red fox roofing is a family-owned and operated resident residential roofing company born and raised in the carolinas they're proud south Carolina gamecock fans servicing the local columbia charleston and most of the surrounding areas they offer free inspections for storm damage free same day estimates for full roof replacements and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes also guys they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof that's why they use atlas shingles which is the only shingle manufacturer on the market who's partnered with 3m and has a scott guard protection on their shingles they offer a lifetime algae resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup now when it comes to the best possible pricing they've got you covered there as well red fox roofing is willing to beat any written estimate and allows financing as well they service every home as if it was theirs and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart guys simply put they always leave it better than they found it give them a call today at 843-364-3023 that's 843 843- 364-3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing. Or if you have any other questions, go to their website, redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
Happy Monday is officially in session. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, hope you're having a fantastic start to your week, and I hope this show does find you out. I don't know where you are, what you are doing. Of course, we have got a lot to get into here on this Monday as we break down Everything that happened over the weekend as the Gamecocks take their first L of the 2022 football season. Going to get into all that much more, guys. First things first, of course, as always, a couple of housekeeping items to dive into. Of course, this weekend, it is to hell with Georgia week, and we'll be back at Seawells for the TSUS tailgate this weekend, of course, with kickoff being at noon. We will be out at the lot, spot 78 right and early. I'm thinking about getting out there around 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Let's say 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, I'll be out at the spot because, of course, Seawells opens up bright and early. You can really get out there whatever time. I'll be at Seawells set up similar, basically exactly how I was the last game with the towels, the koozies. We'll have all that on hand. Also, guys, a great party, a fun time. We always throw down. And, of course, guys, with it being Georgia weekend, you know that we're going to show up and show out. So, again, really excited to get back out at Seawells. Full details are on social media. If you need help finding it, guys, I will be reposting this week the map that we posted leading up to the first game, the uh, the Georgia State game, the map that will show you exactly where it is. But Seawell's our spot directly across the street from the Rocket and the Fairgrounds and just down the road from Jay's Corner, really close to Willie B. And again, guys, like I said, koozies and towels will be on sale at the tailgate. So again, cannot wait, guys. Always a great time at Seawells. We appreciate Seawells having us and cannot wait to party with a bunch of rowdy Gamecocks for the Gamecocks take on the Georgia Bulldogs. Speaking of merch and specifically the towels and the koozies, guys, whether you're going to be at the game or you're not, if you want towels and koozies before kickoff on Saturday, obviously, if you wanted merchandise, that had to be ordered by end of day Friday to guarantee that you will have those pieces of merch. Of course, the To Hell With Georgia t-shirts, hot item right now. Uh, but you had to order those by end of day Friday to guarantee that you will have them by Georgia kickoff. However, in case you did not know, I'll give you a little bit of a secret. The towels and the koozies, I ship off myself, right? I ship off myself. So those actually get sent out, delivered, fulfilled, what have you, much quicker than the merchandise on our store, or at least like the the hats, the t-shirts, all that good stuff. I say all that to say, you've got until midnight tomorrow night. If you want towels or koozies by kickoff on Saturday, if you get your order in by midnight tomorrow night, I can have those shipped out on Wednesday. It's a two-day delivery. You will have it on Friday, and you will have it in time for the Gamecocks game against Georgia. So if you want to go ahead and just get out of the way and and get your order in before kickoff on Saturday, even if you're going to be there in person, guys, you're more than welcome to do that. Of course, I will have them on hand, like I said, at Seawells, if you just want to stop by the tailgate. Um, But if you can order on the store, you can order online, tsus.store. If you order by midnight tomorrow, I can get those towels and koozies out to you and guaranteed you will have it for the game on Saturday. So, again, just wanted to make you all aware. Guys, again, thank you all so much for the continued love and support, especially on the merchandise side of the business. Just stay tuned uh, because you'll know when it drops, but this is going to be a, a monumental week for the business in regards to the merchandise and really the podcast and all facets of the business. Uh, some really big, exciting news coming, just some milestones, if you will, uh, but cannot wait to celebrate those with 
you guys. All right, guys, like I said, hey, let's go ahead and dive into it. We got a packed show. What a crazy weekend of college football it was, right? Just on a side note, you saw the Sun Belt show up and show out. Marshall beats Notre Dame. Appalachian State beats Texas A&M. Georgia Southern beats Nebraska. And Scott Frost is fired. But we're not here to talk about the Sun Belt. We're not here to talk about those games. We're here to talk about the Gamecocks. And, of course, the Gamecocks dropping their game on Saturday afternoon in Fayetteville by a final score of 40 Four to thirty, Carolina effectively falling to one and one and zero oh and one in SEC play. All right, let's go ahead and dive into this thing and really get into the nitty gritty. And, and I'll say this because th- th- there's a lot to discuss, right? Offensively, defensively, heck, even special teams, what it means. I'll start by saying I, I strangely enough left this game Saturday, or when this game concluded. I felt more optimistic about the prospects of this season after a 14-point loss in Fayetteville than I did leaving Willie B the weekend prior after a 21-point victory over Georgia State, right? And and I think there are reasons for that. You know, first thing I think you got to look at is the offensive line. And I tell you what, I, I don't know if there was anybody out there that beat up the offensive line more than I did. And is it still a problem issue? Absolutely. Is it still going to give us problems all season long? Unfortunately, probably so. But I will say when it comes to pass blocking, I do want to take a moment to recognize that I thought the offensive line did play much better. I I thought for the most part they did give Spencer Rattler a pocket to work with. Now, was it perfect? No, and I can't wait to talk to Steven Garcia today on the Daily Crow because he mentioned it last week about Rattler was seeing the pressure, wasn't trusting his line, and you saw that rear its ugly head yet again. But I thought on the offensive line in regards to pass blocking, did a great job or did a much, much better job, I should say. I think great job is going to be a little bit of aggressive. Now, when you look at the line of scrimmage and the rushing attack, right, 40 yards rushing, even when you take away the sack yardage, because I want to be fair to them, when you take away the sack yardage, okay, Uh, 63 yards rushing is what you total. Your leading rusher was Juju McDowell, six carries, 35 yards, and a touchdown. Then you had Marshawn Lloyd, seven carries, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Jaheim Bell, four yards, five carries, and a touchdown. Of course, Spencer Rattler uh, with the sacks, 12 carries, negative 23 yards. On the flip side, you see Arkansas, 295 yards rushing. 4.5 yards per carry, and five total rushing touchdowns. I think one of the reasons that I left this game on Saturday not not quite as upset as maybe some others is because I just mentally prepared myself, I think, all summer long for what we saw. Guys, I told you all summer I hated the matchup, right? When we talked about this game way back in July, I told you, Don't like the way it shapes up for South Carolina. Arkansas, and give credit, by the way, Arkansas is a very good football team. South Carolina did not lose to a slouch over the weekend. But we talked for months about this game. And there was a reason I kept telling people, do not put all of your stock in the Week 2 matchup in Fayetteville. Because if you lose this game, guys, as big as it is and how big of a swing game it could serve as, right, It's not the most important game on the schedule. And I think most people understood that. And most people, what they saw on Saturday was not a surprise. Uh, Again, we talked all summer. Arkansas, big 
physical team. They can run the football. They're attacking on defense. Year three of Pittman, they're veteran. All of their strengths, right, exposed all of your weaknesses. I look back at my score prediction, and this game, again, it went damn near exactly how I thought it would. I thought it would be obviously a little bit lower scoring, but I thought for the most part, Arkansas did to you up front what I thought they were going to do with you. It was a mismatch from the jump. Heck, this might be arguably the biggest mismatch in regards to just exposing a weakness that we see all season. You know, Arkansas with an NFL-sized offensive line. And guys, that's really, you talk about, you know, line of scrimmage. That's what the storyline should be in this ballgame. Because everybody on social media right now, everybody in Gamecock circles wants to talk Marcus Satterfield and the play calling and Spencer Rattler and this. And, and like, listen, Spencer Rattler did not play a perfect game. Far from it. Some of those early missed deep balls, they cost you, right? They cost you, could have changed the game. I could argue, too, I don't think Rattler got as much help from his wide receivers as I would have liked to have seen on a couple of those plays. But 24 of 39, 376, a touchdown and a pick. And, and granted, the pick, you know what, should have let the ball out sooner, but you know what, guys are trying to make a play. I can live with that. 376 yards in the ballgame. The most passing yards for a Gamecocks quarterback in a game since Jake Bentley threw for over 500 at Clemson in 2018. Right, So it's hard for me to put this loss on QB1. Right, Antoine Wells had his coming out party, his wide receiver one, eight catches for 189 and a touchdown. I know it's fun to bitch and moan about the offensive coordinator. And you know what? Early in the game, the offense has got to be better. they, they got to be better. But the storyline of this game is the defensive front. The storyline of this game is the run defense. And it's 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 so funny because it's not shocking because it feels like with Carolina football, it, it's something different every week. Again, it's like being a golfer, man. One weekend or one time you play, it's your drivers messing up. The other time it's your short game. The other time it's your putting. The other time it's your scrambling. Like that's Carolina football almost. It, it just seems like the only thing we are consistent at is being inconsistent. And I told you guys after Georgia State, hey, loved how the defensive line took over the ball game. But you look at the stat sheet, you give up 200 yards rushing and five yards per carry. I don't really understand why folks were so quick to anoint this defense as, man, they, you know, they were flying around. It looked so much better at stopping the run. We're, our run defense is going to be much improved. We knew over the weekend this would be the test. It's like, okay, well, you did what you did against Georgia State. Box score, is it skewed? I guess we'll find out. And Arkansas ran the football at will. Ran it at will. Everything they wanted to do. At no point that I feel like the Gamecocks even had a chance to get a stop. And that's disappointing. Especially when you factor in Shane Beamer spent the entire summer, and I love Coach Beamer, obviously, but spent the entire summer talking about the defensive tackles and, and how deep you are, and this is the best position group. And you know what? It goes beyond them. They're not the only ones responsible for stopping the run. But even the commentators were making note of it. South Carolina getting pushed back, pushed off the ball, three, four yards every play. And, and it's, you know, the offensive line issues are, are, you know what, they're somewhat understandable. Because I tell you guys, and I, and I posted this on Twitter, but I'll say it here on these airwaves. And I don't care whose feelings he's hurt. You know, if you're, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to call it as I see it. 
South Carolina right now is recruiting their tails off in regards to the trenches, right? You see hashtag trenches everywhere. Offensive line, defensive line, both sides of the football, the line of scrimmage. Shane Beamer understands it is a line of scrimmage league. You have to have those guys to win. You're simply put just not good enough. You you do not have the talent. That does not mean you're going to have some terrible season. Hey, we saw it last year, right? You won seven games. That's not to say that you're going to have some awful season and all is lost and we should set in with doom and gloom and just expect nothing. That's not what I'm saying. But in a game like Arkansas, when you look at them and their DNA as a football team and their strengths and what makes them tick, again, it goes back to guys, this is why I said, I hate the matchup. I feel like, again, I left the football game not as upset as some others because I came in this game with very realistic expectations. You know, I look back, I was too kind to my score prediction. And I wanted to believe, I really did want to believe that this group would be able to just at least somewhat keep the Arkansas rushing attack in check. You know, I knew they were going to run the football, but just somewhat keep them in check, maybe force a turnover or two here or there. And it just never happened. But what happened was not shocking to me. We are just not good enough up front. Bottom line, we're we're just not good enough up front to beat a team like an Arkansas. Now, everyone wants to go back to the offensive side. Well, what about this throw that Rattler missed? What about Marshawn Lloyd's fumble? Well, why, why did we abandon the run game so early? Which is such a funny question, by the way, because... I'm listen, in no way am I a Marcus Satterfield stand. I'm not. Farthest thing from it. I don't think this guy's some wizard OC. I don't even really believe, I highly doubt he is the long-term answer. I highly doubt it. But when you look at this individual, this Arkansas game, guys, with the way the hogs were running the football, your offense would have had to play a flawless game. A flawless football game to have any shot at winning. That's why people are picking apart Spencer Rattler today. Because he would have had to play a perfect football game to even give us a chance. Because at no point, at no point were we stopping the run. None. None at all. You know, again, tip your cap to Arkansas for that. Big physical offensive line, K.J. Jefferson. I feel like he's Cam Newton Jr. I mean, really, truly. And I'm not trying to anoint the guy or or go over the top, but the way he played, as hard as he was to bring down, I, I, tackling issues, tackling issues. My goodness, the tackling issues. But K.J. Jefferson, 18 of 21, 162, a tutty and no interceptions. I, I don't even think that the Gamecocks defense, I don't think it happened. Did not force a turnover. No, did not force a turnover in that ball game on Saturday. And to pull an upset in the SEC, guys, to pull an upset over a team that has such an obvious matchup advantage against you, you got to force a turnover. You got to make some crazy things happen. You know, again, guys, like I said, it's not like South Carolina. I mean, Arkansas now in the AP poll, guys, is a top 10 team. Or they're like 11th or something. Wherever they're at, this is a good football team. And for those of us that kept expectations, I think, realistic coming in the season, and especially, guys, especially after what we saw in week one, it is, it is wild to me 
that there are some people out there that are just stunned by what they saw. Guys, line of scrimmage is an issue. You just have to accept that. You know, it's it's more maddening on the defensive side than the offensive side. Because I look at the offensive side, guys, and you know what? Again, I don't care whose feelings it hurts. We just don't have good enough offensive linemen to compete at the highest level right now. Again, that's not to say we won't win six or seven, or who knows, maybe even eight, guys. It's a long year. And I know so many of you still say, well, what about 2020? Well, what about 2020? We led the SEC in rushing. Guys, 2020, the COVID year, throw the shit in the garbage. Throw it in the garbage. That was a one-off. That was the exception. That was not the rule. What we saw last year from this offensive line that's who they are. That's who this line is. And again, I'm not going to spend all week beating them up this week because you know what? They, for all things considered, in in the and the and the plan, by the way, all, all of you that say South Carolina abandoned the run, and and I understand, right? We didn't we didn't run the ball a whole lot, right? We didn't run the ball a whole lot on Saturday. Just 13 carries by actual running backs, and I don't love that stat. I don't love that stat at all, right? But. Shane Beamer said in his post-game presser, hey, they were down Slusher and Catalan. Their secondary was susceptible against Cincinnati. Our game plan was to throw the football. So it shouldn't come as a shock in regards to what Carolina did. And I mean, you scored 30 points. So it wasn't like you had a lack of success. Oh, by the way, also bailed on the run. Guys, your run defense, thanks to your defense, you were down 21-3 to to start out the ballgame. I mean, really, Carolina's fortunate the game didn't get away from there, right? They're fortunate they made it a football game 24-16 to in that third quarter. And guess what happened at that point? You get yourself back in the ballgame. What happens, guys? Immediately after, 70-yard rush for Arkansas. They get right back down in the red zone. Again, your rushing defense was never going to give you a chance. That bottom line. But it's more maddening on the defensive side because you talk about guys like five-star Zach Pickens, five-star Jordan Birch. You, you talk about the Alex Huntleys. You talk about the Tonka Hemingways. And we hear all about Nick Barrett and TJ Sanders. And these are guys to watch out for. And look at this guy. Look at that guy. And it's like they're trash. They're just trash, bro. Like, like but you are what the numbers say you are. You are what the numbers say you are. And if that bothers you, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. And it's okay. Again, I'm not telling you to throw in the towel the season's lost. Arkansas is a very good football team. Very good football team. But I'll tell you guys this too. And maybe, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this though, because I was going to say maybe we did all get caught up in the, in the hype and the hoopla. But I don't think we did. I mean, I picked this as a loss in the preseason. Like, I don't sit here on this Monday utterly shocked at what happened, you know? I, I don't sit here shocked. Again, anytime you lose, everything is nitpicked. Play calling can get better, guys. It can. It can get better. Marcus Satterfield can get better. No doubt. Spencer Rattler can be better, right? Everything on the offensive side can be better. Run game, obviously, needs to be better. Spencer Rattler pointed that out. And then defensively, I, the Hogs just did whatever they wanted. I, I was that was the thing that surprised me the most. I really thought defensively you were going to give yourself a shot to hang in this ball game. But it's just two games. It's just two games. But if we are sitting here being honest with ourselves, when I look at this football team, 
This is what I see. It is the exact same football team as last year with a shiny new quarterback. That that is literally the only difference. It's the exact same team. And guys, I got to be honest, I don't know why many of us are surprised because it's the same bunch of players in a lot of instances. Why did we expect the same five O-linemen to all of a sudden show up this year and, and pave the way for one of the best rushing attacks in the SEC? On the defensive front, a defensive line that could not stop the run last year, 175 yards per game. Why did we expect that to take some massive jump? And I feel like I'm more so, you know, normally I speak with you guys. I was upset after last weekend, but today I sit here, guys, I mean, again, that's kind of what I expected. And in a weird way, and in a sick and twisted way, like I told you all, I damn near leave this loss against Arkansas more encouraged then I left after a three-touchdown win over Georgia State. And I think that all just simply goes back to offensive success. Like, hey, there are positives on the offensive side. And by the way, there's no moral victories, as we all know. But Antoine Wells Jr., he is wide receiver one. I, I don't know, guys, what has happened to Josh Van. I, I have no idea. Put him on a milk carton because that man has gone missing. I, I truly don't know what is up with his game. But Antoine Wells Jr. has emerged as a big-time weapon. Eight catches, 189. More on that in just a second. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd. Hey, I like what I'm seeing from Marshawn. I, I know he had the fumble. Listen, ball players trying to make ball plays. It's going to happen. I, I'm not beating up him up for it at all. Six catches for 72 yards. Um, you know, I, I, it's funny. I know Marshawn's the one that said chill on the offensive line. I get he wants to have their back, but he might want to have a talking to him since they're making him look like he's looking right now because he's too good of a back to look how he's looked, right? So, but he's a weapon for you. Juju McDowell, we all know. I, I will say, I don't know what the deal is with Jaheen Bell. Four carries for five yards. Granted, one of them was a touchdown, but four carries for five yards and did not have a catch. That just can't happen. I mean, that that I, and, I, and I, I want to give credit to the fact that defenses are doing everything in their power, right, to take him away. Like, they know he's our top option, or they know he's one of our top weapons. But still, even at that, even at that, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I That can't happen. It just cannot happen. Going back to Spencer Rattler, was he perfect on Saturday? No. No, he wasn't. He was not perfect. It's just hard for me to really come down on a guy that throws for 376 yards. Again, I would speak to his wide receivers also did not do a lot to help him. You know, that first deep ball, I forget if it was Amarian Brown or Josh Van or just who it was, but, you know, sometimes a receiver has just got to go up and make a catch. I watched it a lot on Saturday, you know, watching Georgia Southern Nebraska, watching uh, Tennessee Pitt, watching uh, Florida Kentucky. Hey, sometimes you throw it up and you give your receiver a chance. And I'm not saying the ball wasn't a little underthrown, but, guys, Connor Shaw underthrew some balls. I'm not trying to compare Spencer Rattler to Connor Shaw, but it happens. And every now and then, your receiver's just got to make a play for you. Heck, I thought there was one deep ball. I don't know if anybody else felt like this, but it felt like there was one deep ball that the ball was right in front of Amarian Brown. And it's like, dude, lay out. Help out your quarterback a little bit. But all in all... 
I thought Spencer Rattler played a solid game. I didn't think he was great. I did not think he was great. And that's the problem. He had to be perfect to give us any chance to win because the defense was so bad. Rocket Sanders, 24 carries, 156. Averaged 6.5 per carry and had two tutties. K.J. Jefferson, 19 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. That's the storyline of the game, guys. That, that, that's it. That's it right there. So I'll tell you this. You can have all the heat and throw all the shade on Marcus Satterfield you want, but damn, give some of it to Jimmy Lindsey too. Make sure Jimmy Lindsey also gets some of the questioning and some of the some of the criticism as well. I'm not saying fire anybody right now, but it just to me makes no sense to come out of this game solely blaming the offense, guys. We surrendered 44 points. I, I mean, let's spread the blame accordingly. If we want to be some mean sons of bitches on this Monday, let's be some mean sons of bitches to all parties involved. Let's give it out to everybody that needs to hear it. But all in all, guys, like I'll be honest with you, it's frustrating. I mean, I, I was frustrated watching the game Saturday, obviously. I don't leave this game. I leave this, let me put it this way. I leave this game with a much more level-headed take than I expected myself maybe even to have. In the sense, like, I didn't think it'd be as high scoring, but I kind of expected that to happen. You know, I, I picked 31 to 24 in the preseason. And I even remember when I picked it then, when I picked it back in July, I thought to myself, you know, I'm probably being a little too kind here. But you know what? I want to believe that on the road we're going to put our best foot forward and, and give Arkansas hell and give them a fight. But again, I knew at that point how bad the matchup was for us because their strengths, as I said earlier, directly expose our weaknesses. Now, here's something we got to get figured out. Why is it that when we go on the road, we get off to a bad start every time? I mean, every single time we get off to a bad start. I, I don't know what it is. Hey, if it falls on coaching, if it falls on preparation, the routine our guys are going through. Like, I don't know what it is. Mentality, I, I don't know what it is. But doesn't it seem like we've got a real bad habit? I mean, this is a really bad trend. That every time we go on the road, every time, we get off to the worst starts imaginable. I mean, again, guys, y'all want to talk about, you know, why did we abandon the run? Why, Guys, we were down 21 to 3. What do you want to do? You want to keep just running it for the sake of doing it? Must be stingy in the run game. Like, hell no. And we all knew what the matchup was that South Carolina was going to win with if they were going to beat Arkansas, and that was to expose the secondary. Expose the secondary. That was the number one goal. That was how you were going to beat them. I'm trying to find this statistic. Here we go. My good friend Brad Crawford tweeted this yesterday. And, and I mean, this just speaks to the road struggles, right? Get this. The Gamecocks, in their last five SEC road games, which have all been losses, by the way. They've all been losses. So since the start of the Shane Beamer era in SEC road games, the Gamecocks have been outscored. 131 to 6. Excuse me, 36. Let me try that again. 
the Gamecocks have been outscored 131 to 36 in the first half of their last five SEC road games. Of course, all those games being losses. So I, I don't know what's got to change, guys. Also, I posted the stat about in the last 13 SEC road games before Saturday, the Gamecocks defense had averaged allowing giving up 41.4 points per game. And I posted that, and many of you said, no way, no way we're going to give up that many points. Dude, come on, why are you even posting the stat? And sure enough, the Gamecocks give up 44 points. I mean, maybe it's going to take 50 to beat Kentucky and Lexington in a few weeks. I I, I don't know. I, like, I genuinely don't know what the deal is on the road. I, 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 mean, I tell you this, I feel so bad for Gamecock Nation. Because I know there's many of you out there listening that, you know, my rippers that went to Arkansas, shout out, hey, shout out, by the way, to all the folks that went to Arkansas, showed love. And, you know, I heard many great things about the Beamer Ball towels being around and the merch and all that great stuff. And it sounded like the Gamecocks, you know, our, our, our fans really took over Fayetteville. But I feel for our fan base, man. And I feel for our fans that they go to all these road games. <laughs> and they make all these road trips. And they spend their hard-earned money. And they invest their time and their energy going on the road to watch this team. And, man, I mean, it's, it's just like it's over before it even starts. These games are over before they even begin. And it's, and it's just it's baffling. It's baffling to see. So, hey, give some, give some heat to Shane Beamer. I'm not, I'm not saying any unfair heat. I'm just saying that should be a, an area of focus. That should be something I know he would agree. That's got to get fixed. You can't go on the road and play like that. You're never going to be a good program if you can't go win on the road. And granted, you know, you're probably going to get an SEC win on the road because you play Vanderbilt, right? I don't want to speak too soon or jinx anything, but, you know, it's bound to happen. But again, I, th this game, as, as upset as I am, guys, and frustrated and all that, you know, I hate to lose. We all hate to lose. We all want to see the Gamecocks win. As frustrated as I am, and, and there's many, many things to be corrected, and hell, it don't get any easier as you take on the Georgia Bulldogs, which we'll talk more in just a little bit. Um, we knew the matchup wasn't good. I, I think most folks understood what the Gamecocks were up against. I knew that South Carolina needed Arkansas to not play their best game, and they did, guys. Arkansas played a really good football game. Didn't turn the ball over once. I mean, if you'd have told me that pregame, hey – South Carolina is not going to force a single turnover. Well, then I'd have told you you had no shot. You had no chance. Absolutely no chance. So we knew the matchup wasn't good. The only thing that's surprising in this final result, the only thing surprising is how high scoring it was, in my opinion. I just expected a lower scoring game. But final result, the way it happened, Arkansas, a year or two ahead of you as a program, guys. And that's just the reality. And listen, it's okay. It's okay. But that's just where you are. You know, defensively, I don't want to leave without saying Nicky Mawari, absolute freak. I do want to give him his credit. Um, run defense. I mean, just run defense was the problem. And now, and now you're probably facing some game-changing injuries on that side of the ball. Mo Kaba and Jordan Strawn sounded like they're out for the year from what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm, I'm sure by now we all know because Shane Beamer, I'm actually recording this before his Sunday night teleconference. I'm sure that's something he will update. But from what I've heard, people close to the situation, both those guys will miss the season. So those are significant injuries that will only make it tougher to stop the run for you. And then on the offensive side, you know, 
I will say, and again, my good buddy Brad Crawford, he mentioned this as well, and I agree with you guys out there. My, my biggest gripe when it comes to Satterfield is just that we still just – we don't have an offensive identity. Like, I, I don't know what it is on a week-in, week-out basis that we really want to do, right? What is the game plan? I, I know it adjusts from opponent to opponent what they do well, and you want to combat what they do well and devise your own game plan. But, like, you know, there's certain – like Arkansas, right? They have a DNA. They're big, physical, smash mouth. They're going to run the football. Kentucky has a DNA. Georgia has a DNA. Tennessee has a DNA. Alabama. All these successful teams with good offenses, especially, they have a DNA. What is our DNA? I don't think anybody could tell you. Right? It's funny. My boy Pedock was talking about, you know, we love talking some NCAA football. It's like when you pick the multiple playbook. On NCAA 14. Well, what is multiple? It's just everything. And if you're everything, you're nothing. It's like going to Cheesecake Factory. They got that huge menu and they they serve everything. What do you specialize in? Nothing. You specialize in nothing. That's why everything is mid. No offense to Cheesecake Factory. Any people who love Cheesecake Factory. But that's just the truth. So it's all just average. A jack of all trades, but a master of none. That is the Gamecocks offense. And I don't know on a weekend, we got basis, what they even want to do. And I've been saying that since Steve Spurrier left. This loss to Arkansas, it, it doesn't define the season. Guys, it's still so early on. This team, in my opinion, can still win seven games. God forbid, maybe even eight guys. It's a long year. You never know. A&M might fall off a cliff. They just lost to App State. Florida might fall off a cliff. They just lost to Kentucky. Kentucky might not be as good as they really seem to be, or the rankings say they are. I mean, you just you just never know, right? It's a long year. But I would say this, and getting off this game, again, I, I've said my piece, and we'll continue throughout the week talking to the Daily Crow, getting you guys' thoughts and feedback, and, and, and line of scrimmage is going to continue to be an issue, right? There's a reason we are recruiting up front on both sides. But I will say, no moral victories, absolutely none. But there are encouraging things to take away. I still feel good about Spencer Rattler. Antoine Wells is a real threat on the outside. Austin Stogner came on late in the game. Was it junk time? Maybe sure, but, you know, good to see him actually get some action. I like Marshawn Lloyd. And then even defensively, in games where the matchup isn't so porous, you know, Nicky Mawari is a great young player. Um, you know, the injuries are going to force the hand of maybe a guy like Stone Blanton or certainly Sherrod Green going to play better. Uh, I, you know, I'll tell you this too. After all the grief I gave to Jordan Birch, what do you have, 10 tackles? I believe 10 tackles on the day. Let me make sure I get this correct. Yeah, 10 tackles, four solo, two tackles for loss. Hey, shout out that young man. Didn't have a great game. Missed on some tackles, but double-digit tackles was in the backfield. I can live with it. Zach Pickens had 12 tackles. There's still we, we know there's some quality players up there, right? There's some quality players up there. Darius Rush with a couple pass deflections. Cam Smith, unfortunately, went out with injury, but should be okay. That's the good news. So... It's not all doom and gloom. I'm not throwing in the towel. Season's not over. I predicted this loss and still picked an eight-win season. And is this team going to win eight games? I have no idea. They might not. They might win six. They might win six. But that leads me to this, right? I feel like the majority of folks that are freaking out today, and there's a difference between not being happy with Saturday's result, because if you're a competitor of any kind and you love the Gamecocks, of course you're not happy. We all want to win, you know, we, we watch games because we love USC, but we love winning. We want to win. Winning, the fun is in the winning, right? 
But for the majority of folks, we all understand. It was a bad matchup, is what it is. You know, we got exposed. We kind of knew we were going to get exposed. This is why we're recruiting the trenches so heavily. But I feel like it's like the nine and 10 win folks, the folks that were picking 10 and two and had these, these crazy unrealistic expectations in the preseason that are freaking out and are, are, and are going as far as to question Shane Beamer. Guys, number one is two games. It's a long season, right? You might recall last year when we barely beat Vanderbilt, and most folks were ready to throw it in then, right? Most folks were like, this season is done. We're about to go 4-8. and eight. We got no shot. This is a week-to-week game. That's what makes college football so amazing, right? What makes it so great? You just never know what's going to happen next. You never know which team's going to show up, especially when it's the Gamecocks. Because right now, guys, from what I see in the SEC, specifically on the eastern side of the division, which is what we're worried about, Georgia – we unfortunately play this weekend, is elite. Vandy is at the bottom. All due respect to the doors, I think they got humble, brought back down to earth against Wake Forest. Vandy is at the bottom. Two through six, who knows? I mean, literally, who knows what you're going to get? Even Kentucky, I put in that bucket. Because Will Levis was less than perfect against the Gators, right? So, I mean, who knows out of Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Mizzou, even though I think Mizzou's closer where Vandy is, those teams could beat anybody on any given day, especially amongst each other. So this season's far from over. But I know that college football fans are like bad doctors. They have no patience. They have no patience. Okay? And I'm not telling you to have zero expectations. But guys, like I mentioned earlier, this is the same football team as last year. You know, it, it got a couple shiny new pieces added to it and Spencer Rattler and Wells and, and some other transfer portal guys. It got, it got some shiny pieces added, but it's the same team as last year. It is. It is. So think back to last year and all those issues and those deficiencies we had, right? They're rearing their ugly head again. And I don't know why some people thought, well, just, you know, another year in the system will make this so much better. It's like, no, these guys are limited talent-wise. Some of them are. I'm not saying all, but some are. And it's okay, right? As long as recruiting stays good, right? We're building this thing in recruiting. We're fine. And guys, that was my mindset when Shane Beamer was hired. We are locked in with Beamer Ball for the long haul. In this win-now, must-win-now type of world, college football landscape, we should be the opposite. I don't care how, how this makes any of you feel. I put this on social media over the weekend as well. Kentucky beats Florida. Then I ran in the top 10. Look at what Kentucky football has done under Mark Stoops. You look at his tenure there, they were very, very patient with him. Right. He didn't win seven more, what, more than seven games in a season until year like six, something like that. Right. South Carolina, the program, this fan base, you got to be patient with Shane Beamer. As long as in this first, I would say five years, guys, as long as you're winning six, seven, maybe eight games, you're getting to a bowl game. You know, you're getting to the postseason playing in some fun bowl games. Maybe you're winning them every now and then. As long as you're doing that, you're having successful seasons. You are. And you're and you're keeping your program on a positive trajectory. And you are keeping positive momentum 
within your program, and you're doing enough, I think, in my opinion, to build in recruiting. I mean, look at what they're doing right now, okay? So I just don't really understand, like, and, I, and I'm someone, you know, people say I have hot takes. People say that I'm a shock jock. And then I go see people on social media that are acting like it, it, it's, it's all just the, 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 just throw the program in the trash because you lost to Arkansas by two touchdowns in a game that I would say most reasonable fans expected to lose in a game that just did not match up well for you. There's nothing Shane Beamer, hell, I dare to say there's nothing Marcus Satterfield could have done to change the result of that game on Saturday. Guys, we ain't got the bodies in the trenches right now. That's it. We don't have them. And I'll say this, hey, you got to make a move on Marcus Satterfield one way or the other, I think, at the end of the season. If the offense does not click, if the offense is porous yet again, like, I, I unfortunately, I, I just don't think you can retain him. But what's almost kind of a crying shame is the fact that all these offensive linemen are must-champ, guys. I'm just really curious what it looks like when Beamer gets his guys in here. Like, what, are the, what is that line of scrimmage look like? Because that's what will determine Shane Beamer's success, right? Can we win on the line of scrimmage? I feel like we're always going to be able to get some pretty solid skill position players. But line of scrimmage is where we are lacking right now. So week one against Georgia State was maddening because I had such high expectations and felt like you should have been able to push Georgia State around, and you did not, right? That's why I went on the rant that I went on a week ago today. This Monday, I feel totally the opposite. My expectations were low, or my expectations were realistic. We knew Arkansas had the advantage in the trenches, and guys, that's what took over in this game. And that's what I expected to take over in this game. The Gamecocks attacked that Arkansas defense, the way they felt like they could best have success, which was through the air. There ain't no damn point being stingy in the run game if you can't run the football. Throw the 2020 season out of your mind. Remove it from your thinking. It was a bullshit year. COVID impacted. It doesn't even hardly, it ought to have an asterisk next to it. Doesn't even count. Sorry about it, but it's just the truth. It was the exception. It was not the rule. So the season's not over. I'm, I'm not saying you're going to win eight games. I don't know. I don't know how the rest of it's going to play out, and it gets no easier, right? No moral victories. The goal was to get a game-changing victory on the road, a, a win a swing game, and it didn't happen. And it's a damn shame that it did not. However, there are some positives to pull. But I can at least, here's the difference, guys. After the Georgia State game, it was hard for me to grasp and comprehend how are we not able to get a push against Georgia State? How are we not able to look sharper and better than we did against Georgia State? That's why I went on the rant that I did, and I struggled to comprehend and understand that. Again, sitting here today, I completely understand why Saturday went the way it did. I'm not happy about it. It's not very fun to watch, but it's not shocking. And the only way to fix the issues you have up front, guys, 
It's in recruiting. And, and that's what they're doing. So I ask you this, what more do you want them to do? What more can Shane Beamer be doing that he's not already doing? And people will deflect to pointing at Spencer Rattler and Marcus Satterfield and, and this and that and whatever, the referees. Take a moment, sit down, and just face the problem head on, which is we are not talented enough on both lines of scrimmage to win consistently and most certainly to beat a team like an Arkansas without getting help from them, especially when it's on the road. Not every game will the matchup be so porous, but in this one, it was. In this one, it was. So I think when you look at it like that, man, it's 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 pretty black and white. It's pretty crystal clear why Saturday played out the way it did. It's disappointing for sure. But I just, again, I, I don't leave the game against Arkansas. It'd be a lot different, I think, if I had set my expectations for this is what, you know, if, if I had set this as my must-win game of the year, like some of you did, even against my, you know, even against everything I said, some of you still did, and, and you're paying the price today. You're, you're, you're facing the consequences today. But if you heeded my word and you understood that this one's a nice-to-win, it's not a must-win, it's a great measuring stick game. And guys, the stick was measured, right? We got skill position, guys. There's some talented guys on defense. Line of scrimmage. Line of scrimmage. We get so, I, Listen, I get tired of talking offensive line, right? I get tired of talking line of scrimmage. But it's just the truth. It's the truth, and it's why they're recruiting the trenches so heavily. Bottom line. All right, guys, let's move into my biggest takeaway from this Saturday. Of course, guys, again, we'll talk about this game all week long, I know, and then, of course, dive into and transition to the Georgia game this weekend. My biggest takeaway from this Saturday, and it's just simply put, the run defense is still an issue. You know, we, we thought maybe the run defense had made strides and, and they were going to be much improved. And, and I'm not even sitting here saying they might not be slightly improved from last year. Actually, you know what? Take that back. They're they're not. They're not improved. They're not improved because it's. I was thinking to myself, well, you know, it's just a it's just a bad matchup. It's just Georgia, bro. Not really though. You know, you you. I had this stat pulled up. If I can find it, let's see. Here we go. Yeah, South Carolina has been outgained on the ground five sixty one to one thirty four over the first two games. Opponents are averaging two hundred and eighty yards per game. And the Gamecocks are just at 67 yards per game. Guys, maybe it's the baseball guy coming out in me, right? And Because people will say, well, the statistics are skewed. I mean, look at, bro, you are what the numbers say you are. You are. This run defense is the same as it was last year. There's some big names up front. Don't get me wrong. Some flashy names on that defensive line. Whole lot of hype and not a whole lot of production. Guys, there's a reason why in the preseason I gave the D-line the grade I gave it, and I told you all I ain't about the hype, man. I'm done with the hype for this group. I'm done with it. I am done with the hype. Show me. Show me. I need to see it. I need to see it. Bottom line, I'm done with the hype, and this is the reason why. This is it. The run defense, just like I said about the O-line last week, the run defense, it is who we thought it was. 
That's it. Now, will they have much better games? You know, we're 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 going to take on Charlotte and SC State. And we're going to make them look foolish and dominate. And you know, who knows? Watching Kentucky Saturday night, their O line didn't look great. We we might stand up much better against them. But over the course of the long haul, I think yet again, when you look back on this season, we will yet again look back and say run defense was an issue. That's again why we're recruiting the guys that we are in the trenches. So my biggest takeaway, run defense still an issue. And guys, like I said, it, it, it's hard to wrap your brain around, but but I just really think that the uh, the way to fix it's in recruiting. And I think they're working on it, but that's what you got to do. Uh, all right, guys, let's hand out some game balls for the performance on Saturday. We'll start Gamecocks quarterback Spencer Rattler. He gets the first game ball. And listen, I know he did not play a perfect game. 24-39, 376 a touchdown, a pick, a QBR of 54.6 for those of you who care about such things. I, I thought Spencer Rattler, while it wasn't perfect, played a fine game. Um, you know, I, I know the quarterback gets all the credit, all the blame. I, I, I totally understand that. But I, I feel like a lot of the criticisms, people just – they just want to deflect it and blame QB1. And, and Rattler's such an easy target because he's such a big name. And, you know, everything from the preseason and him coming from Oklahoma, blah, 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 whatever. I – he would have the, the problem is this the defense was so bad as I mentioned earlier he would have had to play a perfect game I give him a game ball you throw for 376 you're getting a game ball from me so Spencer Rattler gets the first game ball uh second game ball let's give it to Jordan Birch why not like I said I was hard on Jordan Birch before um 10 total tackles two tackles for loss thought he played a solid game thought he lived in the backfield for the most part you know had a couple of missed tackles he also had a sack by the way love seeing that Jordan Birch with a sack so, you know, after the criticisms and the very, very auspicious quote that he put out there uh, late last week, um, I thought he played much better. Now, can he be better? Absolutely, but thought he played much better. And then our final game ball, guys, Nicky Mawari. I mean, this dude is a beast. This dude is an absolute animal. 11 total tackles, seven of which were solo tackles. Dude, he looks like a manual cook flying around back there. I, I mean, really, truly um, – a lot of fun to watch, and I think he's your next big-time, you know, secondary player, big next big-time defensive back, next big-time safety, if you will. So, you know, you hate to see R.J. Roderick hurt, but Nicky Memorial's played some really, really good football for you in his absence. Guys, let's move to Slap Dick of the Weekend. And our Slap Dick of the Weekend is slow road starts. That's our Slap Dick of the Weekend, slow road starts. I, again, I, I talked about it earlier. I, I don't know why. I, I don't get it. I, I don't know if it's a mental thing. Put it on Beamer. Put it on the strength staff. Put it on. I don't, who do you put it on? Who do you put it on? Why? And I and I, I want to give as much credit as possible because we've played some really, really good teams on the road in, 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 at the beginning of Shane Beamer's tenure. And, and I think this will come to a head in Lexington. Like, like if you get off to another slow start, Dude, something's got to give. I mean, something has to give. It's so brutal. It, it, it knocks you out. Dude, it's it's already hard enough to come out and dig yourself out of a hole when you get down early. But when you're on the road, like one of the keys to victory on the road is getting off to a good start. It is. So you, you do yourself no favors when you get off to these pathetically slow starts in the way in which they've done so. So, my slap dig of the weekend, slow road starts. I mean, it's just killing this football team. Uh, guys, finally, let's move into my cock 
Commander Award, which is given weekly to our game MVP. Yep, even in losses, we're handing out an MVP award. And very well deserved. There was so much hype, so much optimism for this guy. Everybody thought he was going to be wide receiver one, and wouldn't you know it, it looks like it's happening. So the Cock Commander Award winner for the Arkansas game goes to wide receiver Antoine Wells Jr. And really his coming out party. Eight catches for 189 yards, a touchdown. Of course, he had seven catches in the season opener, real quiet seven. But uh, yeah, eight total catches, 189 a touchdown. Showed that explosiveness, showed that athleticism, uh, showed really what he had been advertised to be, which is a big-time playmaker. And, and certainly I would imagine he's going to be one of Spencer Rattler's favorite targets, if not if his favorite target. So the winner of the Cock Commander Award goes to Antoine Wells Jr. Congratulations, Antoine Wells. Guys, that's going to do it for my breakdown, my wrap-up of the Gamecocks. 14-point loss to Arkansas. We'll dissect and discuss it all week, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Leave them to us on social media. You can DM me, uh, 843-790-3377. is also the number if you want to call and leave a voicemail, shoot a text, or just tune in the Daily Crow uh, noon to two, we're live there every single day, and we can take your questions, comments, and calls, and we'll discuss it there, and we'll continue to break this thing down. All right, guys, we got one quick note to get into. It's a gambling note, and on that note, we're going to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks because I see you all out there, by the way. Many of you are winning money right now with our friends at Prize Picks, and good for you. If you're not, you're missing a great opportunity, guys. Go download the Prize Picks app. Go to prizepicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game in the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You can win it 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on Spencer Rattler, parlay with the under on LeBron, parlay with the over on Mahomes. You can do NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, whatever. And, of course, we love prize picks because of the college sports aspect. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Again, guys, that's our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. And on that gambling note... Oh boy, uh, opening lines came out late Sunday or Sunday afternoon, I should say, for the game, uh, for the games this weekend. Gamecocks opening as a 26-point underdog to the Georgia Bulldogs. And, and I'll tell you guys, I knew Georgia was going to be a big favorite. Do not get me wrong, right? I, I knew Georgia would be a big favorite. But 26? My goodness. I mean, even I was stunned. Even I was like, holy smokes. So, it is what it is. Um, Georgia is a really, really good team. I mean, they're now number one in the country, and God be with us. God be with us. Anyways, all right. Hey, before we get out of here, let's get into guys. we got a lot of listener questions, a lot of voicemails to dive into. Uh, we will get in the top three or four guys. And in case you did not know, every single weekend after the game, I put the number out there, which, by the way, Shout out to all of the Clemson slapdicks, the crayon eaters, the goat fuckers. I will say that loud and proud. Uh, shout out to you all for calling in and leaving voicemails. I do appreciate that. I, I really do. 
it's entertaining. It's funny. When I go listen to these on Sunday, I do get a good laugh. I don't know if it's if it's Shadow of Death Valley probably doing it because we don't even know if he's a real human being or not. Uh, but anyways, I appreciate y'all calling in, always keeping me laughing, always keeping me going. Really, really good stuff. But again, those of you who want to call in, I always post the number on social media because I like hearing you guys' thoughts. So be sure to keep doing so. And let, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into these voicemails. Yo, what's up, Chris? This is Will, man. Uh, just got done watching the game. Uh, I think we need to stick with more of the hurry-up kind of style offense. Uh, defense needs, uh, needs to clean it up a little bit. Uh, overall, man, Arkansas, they were just bigger, uh, more physical. Um, uh, Rattler looked okay, nothing too impressive. Um, there was some nice passes that he threw, though. Uh, just need to clean it up a little bit. Um, I like how he fought. It didn't really seem like we gave up. Uh, but just definitely something to build, but definitely need to play cleaner football. And I definitely say need to be more physical on offense and need to stop throwing the little dink and dunk passes as much. Uh, need to take more deep shots down the field, especially with the wide receivers. Rattler does better when you spread the field and the spread formation kind of, kind of look. Um, not impressed with the little short game throws we were trying to do. Uh, O-line did a little bit better today. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully we don't, we don't get hammered by Georgia. Go Cox. All right, my friend. Appreciate the call, Will. I, I would agree with you, by the way, with the the hurry-up style of offense spread going down the field. I, I think that needs to be us, man. I, I do. Um, it's a lot more fun to watch. I mean, I know people say, don't abandon the run game. And, I, and I'm not saying – I'm not saying – totally abandon the run game but man I, I will tell you it really is much more fun it, it is much more fun um when you're seeing us go down the field and actually score points and again that's why you leave this game a little bit more optimistic because so, it's like okay we've got life offensively now we got to get the other side of the ball to click if we can both get them lined up and then get special teams going who knows what we can do here we'll jump into our next voicemail here Guys, this is Bryce from Spurrier Enthusiasm. I just wanted to say, Gamecock Nation, please keep y'all's heads up. This was a tough game against one hell of a football team. And, yeah, maybe the officiating wasn't as even as maybe some of us, you know, view. But, you know, hell, the, the offensive line played better. We showed a lot of progress on offense. As far as defense goes, I mean, you can't hold them to fourth down, but fourth and one with your 250-pound quarterback, there, there's only so much we can do, guys. So with all of that in mind, I mean, survive Georgia. I'm calling it right here. Spur your enthusiasm. We're going 10-2. and two. We're going to keep going. Everything's going to be okay. Oh, and uh, Christopher Morton, kiss my ass. My boy from Spurrier Enthusiasm, my friend, I appreciate you calling in. Thank you for the voicemail. Appreciate you always rocking the merch, by the way. And uh, y'all be sure to check him out on Instagram. But uh, no, I agree, man. Keep your head up for sure. Arkansas is a really, really good football team. It's not like we lost some pathetic football team. I mean, give Arkansas their credit. Um, you know, like I said, we went on the road, played. And, and, I, and I will say this. I do get tired, though. Like, well, we just didn't quit. It's like, well, guys, we're, they're on scholarship to uh, – they're on scholarship to play. So I would hope at minimum – I would hope at minimum they wouldn't quit, but um, 
you know, no moral victories. Nobody's sitting here saying more. But it's also like you don't want to be on either extreme. Like, don't throw a parade because we tried hard. But I think also throwing the towel in on the season. And again, if you came into this season with realistic expectations and you understood that anywhere between six and six and eight and four was a possibility, and there's a reason why so many were picking seven and five, this result isn't like shocking to you. I mean, it, I'm not telling you to like it. It sucks. Losing sucks. But, I mean, it's not like it's the most shocking result in the world. So, that's all I'm saying. Season's not over. It's one game. Let's jump to our next voicemail here. Hey, Chris. This is Jay. Uh, I'm a skip there at uh, Woodruff Road. I just want to say the Gamecocks really didn't look bad this week. Blocking. Even the run could look good. It's just like Satterfield abandoned the run completely. I don't understand why he did that. Because uh, they have where all they did was run the ball for the the little Lloyd and uh, McDowell ran it right down their throat and scored. Third quarter was like a great ball team. The quarter come out and Rattler made a dump after Lloyd. I mean, Lloyd got hit and that's why he fumbled. And Rattler made a terrible, terrible throw. I don't know why he did that. He had a guy with him in the back left. I think he just couldn't see it. Either way, I think they're going to make some, make some improvements and might be a little brutal, but after that, it's all right. Anyway, appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, it was great to meet you at Woodrow Road, by the way. I do remember that. But, uh, you know, again, going back to the whole abandon the run game thing, I get what you're saying because we had success early, but you go down 21 to three. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just – from there, what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? The, the goal is to get back into the football game. However, you have to do it. So – you know, I thought you got again the the biggest issue, guys. It's a team game. I, I don't understand, by the way, why we continue to blame the offense for the defense's problem. Well, you know, the the the, the offense went three and out that one time, and they put the defense back on the field. Who get, get a stop? Like, why why do we like the defense could not stop the run? Period, point blank, end of discussion. Anybody with two eyes and a brain watching that football game knows that to be the case. It's okay, but it was the truth. that You couldn't stop the run. We get back in the ballgame 24-16. to 16, What happens? Again, they break off a 70-yarder. They're right back down and they score again. I, I, I mean, I, I understand that you look back when you lose and you nitpick every little thing you could have done differently and you look back at Rattler through this pick and he missed this deep throw. And you know why we're doing that, though? Because, again, the defense played so poorly in stopping the run. You had to be perfect to win. You had to be perfect. I mean, what did they do well stopping on Saturday? Because even, like, I give the secondary credit, but K.J. Jefferson went 18-21 for 162. One touchdown, no picks. Like, what did the secondary do? It was a bad defensive effort top to bottom. It really was. But, of course, the majority of the blame falls on that run defense. So, I understand that the offense didn't play a flawless game by any means, but I, the, the tone was set by the way Arkansas was able to push you around up front. All right, one final voicemail, then we'll get into your listener questions and we'll get out of here. Hey, Chris. Well, that was yeah. – that was uh... – not an interesting team at all, but, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing for me is, is how, how bad the run defense is. It, it, and to me, 
how bad the tackling is. It, it, it was atrocious. There was just multiple plays, guys breaking multiple tackles. And again, Arkansas has got some big guys. KJ Jefferson is, is is a big dude, but it's but you, you just you got to get them on the ground, right? You know, you had guys in position to make plays and, and to make stops, and for whatever reason, the Arkansas breaks the tackle, just five, six extra yards, or, you know, whatever. It was multiple, multiple instances. Also, you know, to me, people are going to blame it on Satterfield, not running the ball, this, that, you know, whatever. And it's like it's hard to really fault the, fault the uh, offense when Ratlin throws for 375, he scored 30 points. It wasn't perfect by any stretch. There were a lot of mistakes, lapses. Uh, I don't understand why you don't run the ball a lot when Arkansas has a three-man front. But, you know, Juice Wills, hell of a game. But... You score 30 points on the road, you, you, you got to find a way to win, right? And you go back to early in the game, right before halftime, we take some deep shots. They were there. It, it, the opportunity is there, and Rattler just misses. You, you, you can't really play play calling for that. It was dialed up. It was there. It, it, it was the perfect call. you got to execute. You know, Rattler, the, the ball before halftime kind of sails, but he throws it on the run. It, it, it's South Carolina connects on one, both, or, or any any more of those. The game's very different. I don't like playing what is. But, you know, you're staring at the staring down the barrel of a one and two start with, you know, what's coming to Columbia next week. So, yeah, we've just, <laughs> you just want to see improvement. you you, you got to find a way to run the football. you got to find a way to stop the run. So, let's see how they respond. Go Columbia. Tim, appreciate you calling in, man. Always a pleasure to hear from Tim. Uh, always very well thought out analysis and uh, always look forward to your voicemails. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I agree with everything you're saying, my friend. Agree with everything you're saying. Um, you got to, it's, it's simply put, dude, people give Jake Crane hell on my show. When he comes on the Daily Crow, y'all give him hell. And you know what? It's fine. He loves it. I love when you do it. He picked us to go five and seven, and it is what it is. But as Jake Crane put so beautifully, Right. He put so beautifully on that show on Friday when he said, if you can't run the football and you can't stop the run, you are going to get your ass beat. It's as simple as that. That was the case on Saturday. And that's that's what's got to improve more than anything. Tim, I appreciate the call. Appreciate the voicemails. Let's jump into these listener questions real quick and we'll get out of here. Uh, the Fat Banda says, we fought hard, need to clean things up, but I like, I think we can take a lot from this game. 803 Blake says, the refs cost us that game. Interesting take. Um, let's see, Chris Rogers, OC. Like, this has to be a troll job. Fire the whole coaching staff and hire Urban Meyer. Right, good one. Uh, Krusty Andy, we played better, but everything that could have gone wrong did. Um, yeah, I guess including them pushing us around. He says, I'm over Lloyd juking and jobbing. It doesn't work. Get upfield, also protect the ball. You know, I, guys trying to make a play. I, I don't want to beat. I don't want to beat up Marshawn Lloyd for the fumble. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, here we go. Bryce Duncan. One. I'm just gonna fly through these. Just a bad team. We'll be surprised if we don't see George recruits drop like flies after Georgia beats us by 150. <laughs> Quinn Jameson. Lots of positives to take away, but too many big negatives. Turnovers spread the game out. Um, let's see. H. Collins, 66, O-line better than people give them credit for. Again, guys, I gave credit to the O-line for the pass blocking. Run blocking is still a major issue. Uh, Cornbread Cowboy, he's the one, by the way, shout out to him that pointed out these rushing stats. 561 
Uh, rushing yards allowed, only 134 rushing yards in two games. Shaking my head. Yeah, it's not good enough, bottom line. Uh, Jarrock did this beat. Rattler doesn't check the field for options. O-line sucks. D-line tiny. Secondary MIA. Man, everything's just terrible. Um, you know, Caitlin Melton. They never gave up. Arkansas was just better. Insto Graham. O-line was outmatched. Uh, Shane Meiston loved the fight they showed throughout the entire game. Bryson Watts need more up-tempo offense. Joey Black says, why is it so hard being a Gamecock fan? Great question. Great question. Mm, let's see. Defense, what? Luke Davis, 739, says defense wasn't physical enough. D couldn't ex- execute turnovers on third down. Yeah, third down was a, yet again another problem. You look back at the statistics, by the way. Let me get this pulled up. Um, Gamecocks were 3 of 10 on third down. Arkansas, 9 of 16. I, I don't know what's got to happen there, but we have been pathetic on third down. Uh, Carter Fern, uh, Farnham. Schedule plays out very well. Some teams are looking to not shape up. A&M still hopeful this season. Uh, Alves, two for four. We look like a high school team compared to them today. Skill, size, and physicality. Dick says, Dick Wagon 69420. What a username. This brings the unreasonable fans expecting nine-plus wins back to earth. We are not there yet. I, you know, honestly, I, I hate to say it, but you're right. I really do. I think the nine to ten win people, yeah. Little dose of uh, little dose of humble pie and reality and whatever medicine you needed. Uh, finally, Sheffy says Alabama lost last year and made the playoff. I love that. Look at the bright side. Indeed, uh, guys, thank y'all so much. Always, man, for the questions, the comments, the calls, being engaging and showing love. And uh, we'll do it again this week, man. It's to hell with Georgia week. It's fire must champ week. It's it's whatever week you want it to be. But all I know is this, to hell with the dogs, and we'll have a good one this week, breaking down everything that's happening. It's Arkansas, looking ahead to this weekend and everything in between. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all on Wednesday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.